deep bites, overbites, underbites, crossbites. There are many symptoms of TMJ. Things that you wouldn't count on being TMJ. They might not complain about their jaw, but they might have neck pain. They might have back pain. And I know it's a hard concept to understand that a jaw can affect your back, but the muscles of the jaw go into the neck, shoulders, back, and especially first rib. And over time, these symptoms only get worse. The body will do anything to create an airway. And when muscles aren't happy and the airway starts collapsing, the body gets contorted to create an airway. Masking them will not solve the problem. They're not attacking the source. And and it's this is not rocket science. It's muscle. But TMJ can be cured. So all these things are, are whole body concepts that we try to explain to the patient. Welcome to the TMJ and Sleep Center podcast. We um, do a cure consult at no charge. In this episode, Dr. Insulara will help us better understand TMJ. Think of a stairway and we just took the first step. And what steps can be taken to cure it. We don't do meds. We don't do needles. We don't do surgeries. That's all. It's just not needed. Episode one. The analogy is, do you want to breathe through a garden hose? You don't want to breathe through a straw. The cure consult. The consult cure is great because they get a feel for us and we'll understand where they're coming from. And quite frankly, is this the right thing you want to do? Welcome to Treating TMJ, a journey to a pain-free life, a podcast from the TMJ and Sleep Center. I'm Randy Hawk. I'm with Dr. Insolara of the TMJ and Sleep Center. Welcome to our podcast and Really, uh, as a patient of the TMJ and Sleep Center, you've hit on it before with me, and the word that'll keep coming up through every episode is journey. This really is a journey, but the first step of that journey is understanding what you're going through and if TMJ and the work that you guys do is the solution to that problem. Correct. Uh, we um, do a cure consult at no charge, and what I do at that at that appointment is I explain to the patient or the prospective patient um, what TMJ is about, what we do here to cure it, and and um, if this is something they're interested in. And I'll and I'll give them examples of I have all kinds of models before and after. I've got literally thousands of models, uh, befores and afters, and and X-rays and stuff, which will you know prove what I'm talking about. And so if the patient, you know, I, and the other thing is I want them to get comfortable. And the other thing, quite frankly, is I want to be able to know my patient because this is, this is a, you don't want to be half-hearted into this. And so you want to accept the treatment and understand that you want to embrace it because, because you have to be consistent. And um, I'll even tell these six, seven-year-olds here, and we get really good patients because at, at age five, we can avert you know, uh, adult problems and let them grow properly when we have the jaw in the right place, the muscles in the right place, the airway is in the right place. So the, so they're uh, getting the oxygen they need to develop properly and be good in school and grow properly. So all these things are, are whole body concepts that we try to explain to the patient. And uh, so that's like the first bit. That's like, that's like if we're going to if think of a stairway and we just took the first step, right. small one. Is the first step. The second step would be a TMJ exam, which is at least an hour in length, and we palpate about 40 different muscles, and we will do tomography of each joint. A tomography is a special x-ray of the jaw joint, which will give us the position of the lower jaw to the socket of the skull. And that position is important because when it's too far up and too far back in the skull, it's not the right place, okay? And, it's, and that position is dictated by teeth. So when a kid or, you know, in the beginning starts to put their teeth together and that jaw is stuck up there, 
the ramifications to these muscles, uh, well, this kind of becomes obvious if you think about it 5,000 times a day because these muscles are going to get shorter. And as they get shorter and they're not happy, but, but guess what? You've been, you've been with these muscles forever, so you might not necessarily notice that because it's, it's over time. So it's a, it's, it's a slow degenerative process over time. But what muscle does when it's not happy is it changes bone. So how does muscle change bone? Well, if it's not happy, it's going to put spurs on the bone, which spurring, uh, when, you, when you see a spur on the x-ray, oh, you've got osteoarthritis. Um, or you might have disc herniations, um, you know, things like that where, uh, where the muscles are just um, doing their thing because nothing's being done to alleviate the problem of this jaw, where the jaw is set to the skull. So, and I know it's a hard concept to understand that a jaw can affect your back, but the muscles of the jaw go into the neck, shoulders, back, and especially the first rib, which um, dictate breathing. And so the more your head becomes forward, the more you don't, I'm going to go a little segue here, the more you don't breathe properly, you breathe up upper chest, not lower abdomen. And when you don't breathe upper, uh, when you don't breathe lower abdomen, abdomen, and you breathe upper, upper chest, you get a 30% reduction in oxygen, but you're also affecting the spine. Not just the neck, but the whole spine as well. And you're breathing a lot, obviously. you got to breathe. Um, a lot of times I'll ask people, so what's the most important thing you can put in your body? I can't believe they say water sometimes, but they do. <laughs> and, uh, but it is air. And, uh, you wanna, and the body will do anything to create an airway. And when muscles aren't happy and the airway starts collapsing, the body gets contorted to create an airway. And that's what, a lot of times that's why you've got, you know, one shoulder higher and one, one um, shoulders ahead of the other. And, and in my son, especially he had an airway problem and uh, boy, I'll tell you. And, and at age six, I mean, you could see the disfiguring in his posture, but we caught it in time and we changed it and he grew properly. And uh, so all was okay, but you want, you want to be able to see these things, but it's, here's the other thing I need to say though. It is genetic. It is in families. It's not an isolated case. If, it, if, if you have it, likely your siblings have it, uh, mother and father, one of them has it, and, and things that you wouldn't count on being TMJ. They might not complain about their jaw, but they might have neck pain because forward head. They might have back pain. Again, when the head's forward, it can weigh as much as 40 pounds. These are figures I didn't make up. You, I, I can give you the resources to this. Uh, but if you're carrying a 40-pound head, for 30 or 40 years, what do you think that's going to do to your spine? So And your knees. And, and, your, and your Exactly. And this is when they, they tell you, and they're not looking at forward head, but they'll tell you, well, you have uh, your hips hurting because you have arthritis in your hip or your knees hurting, arthritis in your hip. Now you need a new knee or a new hip. The problem is you didn't get rid of the forward head. Now, again, I didn't make this up. March of 2000, the Mayo Clinic newsletter said that forward head posture creates everything we're talking about. As a matter of fact, we can quote this from an article that's called The 42-Pound Head. If you want to Google it, you may, obviously. It's, and it, if you'll if see people it. are curious as to whether they need to go to the TMJ and sleep center, that's a great thing to, to watch to educate themselves. Yeah. You turned me on to that. Yeah, and, and, and it's really um, interesting because that was 21 years ago, and that was 19 years after I first heard my lecture regarding this. Okay, and yet... I don't see that diagnosis in my office. As a matter of fact, I've never seen it. But we do, you know, they have it. You can't have TMJ without forward head. Right. Let, let, that's a commandment. Well, uh, when I went in for my first session just to see if I 
had the symptoms and things like that. The thing that caught my eye on the website was sleep disorder dentistry. I had the CPAP. I have the all of the you know bells and whistles to try to alleviate the symptoms. Correct. Not solve the problem. The, the, and about five minutes in with you, you started to predict all sorts of stuff that I never associated with what was going on. You're like, oh, I bet your jaw hurts over here. I bet you bite the inside of your lip. Your one shoulder is going to be higher than the other. And and a lot of the symptoms you've already hit on right. were right there. Right. And those are the things that people listening to the podcast, like, are you constantly, you know, every once in a while, you didn't forget how to chew. There's a reason you're biting the inside of your cheek. Correct. Right? Right. And and even, um, like, I'll have to have them stick their tongue out and say, well, we're going to take a look at your scalloped tongue. And they're like, what are you talking about? And and actually, the outer borders of the tongue have ridges on them. Uh, and the ridges are the imprints of your teeth because the tongue needs some recruitment to swallow properly because the, the densest, strongest muscle in your jaw and body, the masseter, isn't working properly because it's too short. And when it's too short, it doesn't recruit and give the tongue what it needs and the throat what it needs to recruit the, to recruit uh, for swallowing, for airway, for, for everything you could think of. And so you get a tremendous muscle imbalance through the face, which can give you pressure behind the eyes and... Uh, Headaches and such uh, on the sides of your head, temporalis headaches, uh, because it's all muscle imbalance. You know, when you talk about, you know, you mentioned using your jaw 5,000 times a day. That's yep. that's probably average. Some people may even use it a lot more than that. And then everything that's around if they're there. they're DJs. Maybe yeah, right. <laughs> Somebody mouthy like me that runs his mouth all the time. But, the, but your ears, your eyes, sure. sinus, neck, sure. shoulders, the stuff, spine, Everything that's right there, if that one spot is not working right in the sheer amount of use, you can see where it becomes the root cause of the problem. Yeah, because because intern, in the internal musculature, well, actually, here's let's back up. What I did, and my office manager was, she didn't like this idea, but I brought it anyway, and, and I think it, I don't have it with me. I had two toilet tissue tubes, okay, empty ones, of course, and one is nice and round, and the other one is puckered. Now, uh, on the end side of the pucker, it shows what forward head does because it'll collapse the back of the of the what you have an airway, and the in, the it, the outer aspect is puckered inward because the tongue is in you know going crazy, and so are all the muscles of of the jaw because they're in the wrong place, and that collapses the anterior part of the airway. So you have a puckered air tube and you have a normal air tube. Which one do you want? It's kind of like the analogy is: Do you want to breathe through a garden hose? You don't want to breathe through a straw. Where do you want to breathe? And when you're breathing through a straw, that's not so great. So I, I have a story, if, if you don't mind. No, okay. not at all. I had a, uh, a couple come into my office uh, from Portage. Let's just say his name was Marvin. That's all I could tell you. Anyway, so he came in, and his wife followed. And uh, they were amusing because when I asked, why are you here, the, the wife, wife answered, not Marvin. And so <laughs> she said, Marvin can't get off the couch, accusingly. And, of course, Marvin glared at her. Then he glared at me, and he said, Doc, I've had this CPAP for six years, and I still feel like crap. That's exactly what he said. And I was like, okay, but I watched Marvin walk in, and he walked with a shuffle and a forward head posture, and he was in his upper 60s, early 70s, or something to that extent. And so that 40-pound head is certainly there, and robbing him and his muscles of energy. I mean, he's getting air. Don't get me wrong. You need the air. Um, it's just that uh, that's not the source of why he had the problem. So, yeah, keep the air. I wasn't going to tell him not to use the CPAP. But I was going to tell him about the TMJ problem because you can't have sleep apnea 
without having the stuff we talked about. TMJ and sleep apnea go hand in hand. And that's that's about 35 years worth of records that I could tell you. Anyway, so I explained to Marvin, and he decided to go undergo TMJ therapy. And um, four months into therapy, the wife was smiling, and Marvin walks in. He looked a little better. And the wife said, Marvin feels better, and, and he's back to woodworking. He made me a cabinet. And I was like, whoa. Wow. I said, that's pretty darn good. So, and we continued with the therapy. And at the end, he was all set, and he didn't have the problems he came in with, which, let's put it that way. And she had a honeydew list to beat them all. But anyway, so, <laughs> but, but she said, Marvin painted the garage ceiling, and we didn't have to go to the doctor for neck injections because the posture was cleaned up. Everything was cleaned up. And I was like, even on a good day, I wouldn't be painting the garage ceiling. So I don't know where, <laughs> where that came from. But it, it was kind of cool because the couple, you know, the interchange. I have this I, vision that their garage ceiling looks like the Sixteen Chapel now. <laughs> yeah, right? I am like, no way I wouldn't do that. for Even if my neck was feeling great, would I do that? But something, anyway. something you hit on, though, you said neck injections, right? Right. And that's, that's one of the things that uh, has been something that I've learned through the process of working with you is – so much stuff that people have done is to treat the symptoms, Correct. not address the problem. Correct. And what I like about what I'm going through on my journey with you is we're addressing the problem. Correct. Yeah. The symptomology, well, that's what that's what you see. That's what I see in my office all the time. But that's why people are there because they're not getting they're not attacking the source. And and it's this is not rocket science. It's muscle. That's all I can tell you. And and if you think about it, if you look at look at what your uh, your head over your spine weighs twelve to fifteen pounds, the more it comes forward. Again, I didn't. This isn't me saying this. This is, but I embrace it because it's true. The more it comes forward, the more it weighs. The more it weighs, the more problems you have with breathing, with posture, with everything. And and now take a five year old and go sixty years into the future, and that's not going to be very pretty because you will have a lot of symptomology sciatica, you know, uh, your, your lower back, your, 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 your neck, again, possible sleep apnea, possible vertigo. Uh, vertigo is a big deal with TMJ and, uh, and it's connected because, and I can tell you for a fact, I had it and I was in the ER with it about 30 years ago. And I thought, you know, I, and as I was treating TMJ, I knew I had it and I was sort of treating myself, but not the way I wanted to, but I put it off because I was running marathons, I was into working out, and I was like, you know, okay, I've got some neck pain, a little back pain, I can deal with it. Until I tried to get out of bed one morning and couldn't because the room wouldn't stop spinning. See, my dad was a mechanic, and our car never worked. <laughs> there <laughs> so, you go. So that's what you had going on there. Oh, my God. And uh, I got driven to the hospital. I, was, I had a garbage bag in case of throwing up. And when I went there, I told the e ER people what it was, and they left, and they said, it can't be TMJ. It's got to be cardiovascular. I said, I'm running marathons. It's not cardiovascular. And they came back and said, you're right. It's not. But they, I don't know if they truly believed it was TMJ. But they gave me some meds to, so I could get upright. And uh, But it made you feel very drugged. And then I started in earnest treating myself. And I never looked back because I got rid of it. But it is devastating. And you don't want to get that kind of stuff. God forbid I was in a car when that attack would have happened. And I, I don't know. I don't know how anybody could drive. You can't. Right. When I came in for my consultation, I thought I had two or three symptoms. And oh, one of the yeah. things that fascinated me, it was there for about five minutes and I figured out, or you predicted that I had about 10 or 15 symptoms. I don't, I don't uh, numerically number them, but um, 
you can't you can't be the age you are and not have certain things happening, particularly since Forward Head has been there. And that's what I'm going to tell you. That for, when you leave Forward Head in position for 30 years or 40 years or whatever it is, um, you have to have certain symptoms. And I had an engineering patient in, and I showed him what uh, the Forward Head position and, and what it what it does to the posture. Uh, and he said, "Well, he said, well, that's just an engineering deal. I mean, look look at what you're looking at, because it's an anchor. Your head is an anchor. The body has to follow that anchor. Well." You, unless you get that anchor over the spine, you, you can predict these things are going to happen. As a matter of fact, if I if I could segue it for a minute, I had a, a little girl that unfortunately just had braces off and she couldn't open her mouth, which is why they referred her over. Um, she opened only 19 millimeters, and um, the normal for TMJ is 45-55. And here's this 13-year-old uh, kid. So I'm looking at her, and, and her, the mom walks by, and I told the little girl, I said, geez, in 27 years, you might be your mom. And the mom is 40. And she looks at me and says, what, is the, what are you talking about? Um, so I was like, well, I better tell her. So I said, well, I watched you walk in, and you have a pretty good forward head posture. And I, I realized that you're 40, so certain things are in place, uh, neck pain, back pain, disc herniations, spinal stenosis, which is the narrowing the blood vessels to the lower back because of this head weighing so much. And possibly reflux, because when you're forward, you don't digest quite so well. And I just hung it out there. And um, so she just looked at me and she said, I have all of that. I just had a disc, I just had a disc removed, and they just told me I have spinal stenosis. Uh, so d make of it what you will. It's, it's, just, it's, it's just common sense. This is, I mean, I'm, this, I'm not a rocket science, believe me, uh, at all. It's just common sense. If you have malfunction and dysfunction over years and your head is the instrument of, unfortunately, paying the price, bringing the body, bringing the head forward, and the body pays the price for the forward head. And that's how it pays the price. And that really is what happened with me. Like I, I never associated biting the inside of my lip. You said, I bet you bite the inside of your lip. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah. And in, in my last meeting, what was that, last Wednesday, I had a follow-up with you. And I'm like, this is the first time I've come here and didn't have one of those spots where yeah. I'm biting my, my yeah. lip. Yeah. And I was like, seems nice. Because yeah. I used to get mad at myself. I'm like, what would you do? All of a sudden forget to chew, Randy? Because then you know your inside of your mouth is going to hurt for a week yeah, until it heals. You know, it's like I said, with this muscle disease, a lot of times the patients will come in, and, and it's a very common theme. They'll say, my bite doesn't have a home. And that's exactly ah, what like they say. That. And I was like, wow, that's a, I, I always remember some good stuff like that. Your bite doesn't have a home. Well, how can it? Because the muscles are continually evolving in a bad way because you're not you're not changing anything when your teeth come together bad things happen because the muscles are too short so because they're too short and they're dysfunctioning and and you know the they're they're tight they're going to create changes on your teeth and changes in your bone and that's not fun to you know over time of course we're talking with doc we're talking with Dr. <laughs> Insular from the TMJ and Sleep Center about the symptoms that may be the signs that you need to come into the TMJ and Sleep Center and uh, talk with Dr. Insulara. So you did the A-B comparison there. Uh, you've talked about um, the 13-year-old and her mother, and you've also hit on that it, it's genetic. Uh, and one of the things that uh, goes along with you is your passion for knowledge. And something you've done a lot of is studying nursing homes and older people people and then i guess the best way to say it is kind of reverse engineering that um well i 
I I went to them as a uh, through a healthcare system, but but not to n- had nothing to do with TMJ. It was just that was something I did on Fridays and Saturdays. I worked at TMJ Center Monday through Thursday. So this was just you know some additional income, well, making sure the patients were you know doing what you're doing, cataloging them in, and and doing what what you can do within the scope of a nursing home. Um, anyway, but what I realized when I started it was. Well, oh my goodness! Here are my virtual TMJ patients years later, and and this is what what forward head posture can give you, unfortunately, and it's it's not pleasant because these people are either in uh, walkers or wheelchairs, and that spinal stenosis that we talked about um, will not let you get up out of a chair with any uh, degree of uh, you know of, of easy of ease. And it might not let you get out of a chair at all. So, but prior to that, I also noticed that there was some new knees and hips, and the physical therapy was evolving around the new knees and hips, but <laughs> but nothing was done for the, the contributory of the, of the problem with the going head. back going back to the you're, you're you're treating the symptoms, not the problem. Uh, yeah, because they're not aware, and and I and and that and that's you know, and I don't know, I'm not blaming anybody or faulting anybody i'm just saying this is what i saw in my in 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 the nine look i spent nine years in these nursing homes i don't do that anymore um but i spent nine years and possibly 500 nursing homes so it's and it was all over the state so and but it was all the same stuff and so you could literally take a conclusion and say if you have a five-year-old with um you know decided forward head posture um, you could uh, well if you, you don't change it in sixty years, you've got what you're looking at. You know, I mean, uh, but but nobody makes the the connection, and and you know that's. I guess I was just shown it. I mean, I didn't inadvert. I mean, I didn't do that on purpose. It just hits you right square between the eyes, and you can't avoid it. That's the that's the connection I got. And when you and I were talking uh, about the genetic tie-in. One of the things you asked oh. me was if my kids had to have tubes in their ears. Oh yeah, that's and I a good said, one. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm like, is this guy got? Is this guy got cameras in my home? <laughs> well, the, the unfortunate, unfortunately, um, the the tube thing. Um, okay, if if a family is inclined to have TMJ, the back of the joint has a fissure. It's called the petrotympanic fissure. And through that fissure is a, it's got a ligament, Pinto's ligament. Not that you need to know that, but it comes into the middle ear. So there's a connection. Just know that there's a connection from the jaw to the middle ear. And like any joint, a jaw has um, a covering over it with lubrication fluid to allow you to, you know, you know, work the jaw properly. Uh, but literally, if the jaw's too far up and back, like we discussed, and you're continually clenching, grinding, or doing whatever you're doing with your teeth, you can literally push joint fluid into the middle ear. That's exactly what it is. And wh- and here's why I know. Because when we open the bite up via either some temporary little baby fillings on these kids or put an appliance in on, on these kids, which opens the bite by, by raising by raising the, the bite and the jaw comes down and forward, so it's not pressing against the ear, you effectively don't have any fluid anymore, and and I've done that actually with adults who have had that problem, and they 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 have, and we've gotten rid of it. But it's it's never diagnosed. It's not even well. I don't know if they effectively um, well they couldn't. They they don't measure the fluid, so they don't know what it is. But my point is, if we can get rid of that fluid, then you don't need tubes and you don't need antibiotics. And again, 
you know, it's the reoccurring theme for this episode, but getting to the root problem instead of addressing the symptoms. Yeah. I mean, particularly if, if your children have no fever or, or, or congestion, then and, and this is just coming out of the blue, and um, then uh, then I can pr- and they have a deep bite, and that's the other thing is what you what you need to tell. And in your family, if you have a history of TMJ, my family total history of TMJ. My brothers have it. My fa- my father had it. My aunt had it. My grandma had it. Everyone, had, but I didn't know it at the time. But looking back, I could see exactly the symptomology that I'm talking about. And that all that all becomes part of the case study of the symptoms. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't change. This is this is like I I, I mean it. It's pretty simplistic. Um, pretty much, no adult should be suffering from TM, TMJ if you catch this as a kid. And what are you catching? Well, like I try to explain to people: deep bites, overbites, underbites, crossbites. Those are all symptomologies that'll send the jaw to the wrong place. How do I know that? Because I measure that. We do tomography. Those are x-rays that are specific for joints. So I can measure those joints, and I can measure befores and afters, and I can measure the muscles. So everything we do is measure. I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't be putting, I wouldn't be treating anybody unless I could measure them and unless I can document everything I do. So we don't work with opinion ever. And that became apparent really quickly to me. It's like the, there is... You can only you can only do this. You only have this range. You can only open your mouth this much. You, you can only do this, and you should be able to do this. Right. And so there's an A B comparison. Right. And then you're like, okay. Then you start going through the treatments, and you can see yourself moving towards where you're supposed to be. Which is why when people come in, every time they come in, we see them generally once a month, and and they fill out a progress report. And the progress report is what are you doing for posture? Um, what's your pain levels on all? different sites, and we'll be checking those out. What's your range of motion um, of, of opening and closing? Uh, it's remarkable that, you know, well, I mean, you see all kinds of variations. We've had people open as little as 10, and we've had people open, by the time we're done, uh, 55, 60. And, and that's not unusual. And us. also the difference in how it opens. Correct. Right, like, you know, it used right. to be like, okay, he wants me to open my jaws as far as as I can, but I usually right. avoid doing that because it hurts. <laughs> and, and, and you can see that on the scans on the computer. So if we want to, if we, if I, if I tell you that the muscle is dysfunctional, I can show you what dysfunctional muscle looks like, and it's really not pretty on the computer because this muscle is not smooth. The, the the open and closing patterns are not superimposed over one another. They're 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 like it's like going going over a speed bump at twenty miles an hour, the, because there's adhesions in these muscles because they've been backed up so much, so they don't open smooth. They can't open smooth, and quite frankly, sometimes the person that's opening is opening um, slower because they're expecting pain. So they right. don't open quite so quickly either. In my X-ray in particular, do you remember that calcification that right. I had? Right. And right. So th- there's other things. And it has to do with this hyoid bone, which um, we should get. It, w- it would be good to get into. But the hyoid bone is the, like I said, it's a bone suspended in your throat um, that's that's connected to 20 different muscles. Two of the muscles are from the head. And so when the hyoid is functioning properly and your head's where it should be, then the position of that hyoid is good. It's not infringing on airway. It's not infringing on, on anything. It's just moving properly. Um, as when things back up and everything is uh, dysfunctioning and head is forward, that that hyoid changes position 
and we can see it. I mean, uh, there's, there's, there's an optimum position for it that we can document as well. Now, and as you as you start to use your jaw improperly and things like that, yep. some other things that start to roll yep. in, like inflammation and stuff like that, that only compounds away. the problem well, when, if you're not getting it treated. Right. The inflammation, yeah, because what happens is when the muscle is short, you you accumulate inflammatory uh, products in the muscle because you're working these muscles, they, they would say anaerobically. So you have lactic acid hot spots. Uh, that we palpate, and you might not even know you had them until we palpate them because they call they're called latent trigger points, and uh, they're in we know, we know the places because they're they're all the same with everybody. Nobody's we're not reinventing the wheel here. This is a tried and true uh, deal, and it and it all goes it even goes back further. There was a lady Janet Travell, myofascial pain and trigger points. She's an MD, and she was an MD to some of the presidents. And she had that book out, and it's kind of like the Bible for everybody uh, to follow. So, I mean, there's a lot of references to what I'm talking about. Uh, again, I you stand on the shoulders of giants to get to where you are now. It just so happens that it's 40 years from where I first started, and uh, some of those people are unfortunately not around anymore. Um, and uh, but I am so. My my father had a um, saying the whole time I was growing up. He always used to tell me I had to be active in my own rescue. And uh, and uh, you know, is, I love that. Yeah, it's, you know, he's, he's like, well, you know, this is you know, ah, this is happening to me. This happened to me. It's happened to me. And he's like, well, what are you doing about it? You know. And uh, I so like that. one of the things that I get reminded a lot when I when I'm working with you from even from the first meeting was. Well, you got to do the work, right? Like we talked about right. physical therapy, and right. you know, I've got my back rolling exercises and my and my neck exercises, and and uh, I think that I think that that becomes um, part of the journey in that you feel like you're active in it, like you have your you homework have and you're working on yeah, it. Yeah, you have to be. I right up front again. I, I always explain this. We don't do meds. We don't do needles. We don't do surgeries. That's all. It's just not needed. If you're doing the proper exercises and if your jaws align properly via the, which I didn't get into, when we when we do our computer measure of the jaw, we provide an orthotic. It's called a neuromuscular orthotic. Short, I call it NMO. Did a paper on it. I've got plenty of writing on all this stuff. But but the NMO that's put into your mouth, it's on the lower jaw. Here's the deal with it. It's because people will want to know. Well, is it visible? It really, it's clear plastic, uh, but it's but it's designed via your muscles, so it's not a splint. Okay, this is a this is a dynamic appliance in that it is changing your jaw position three dimensionally via muscle readings, cross indexed to tomography X ray. So this isn't anything to you know. It's it's not a splint, which is generic. And a splint is worn at night only, so it is static. Dynamic means this is a 24-7 deal. You wear it 24-7, including eating. And most people's eyebrows go up. And I say it has to be that way because that's when the rubber meets the road. If you use your, 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 your bad bite to eat, you'll never get better. You, that has to go away. So, they, they know, right up front, well, I kind of kid with them. I say, well, if you have a girlfriend or a... Uh, or whatever, um, you need a new girlfriend or a new boyfriend if they don't like it because it has to stay in your mouth. Now, a lot of people will say, well, you know, it hurts to chew on my teeth. Once you have an orthotic in your mouth, that's your bodyguard. It's putting you in the right place. It's putting your muscles in the right place. 
It's not allowing bad things to happen. So I don't really could care less what you eat once the, once the orthotic is in. I just make a joke and say, some, you, know, you can eat nails. I don't really care what you eat um, because you can't <laughs> hurt yourself. Your jaw's not going anywhere. It's in the right place that we've you know, measured. Now, as we're measuring and as you go through this journey that we talked about, those muscles change. They're changing because they're getting really functional. It's not an instantaneous change. It takes time. And as they change, your bite changes. And as your bite changes, we have to adjust for the change. And that, again, that's why you come in like once a month so we can see what's going on, see how your posture is doing, see how your bite is doing. Because all along this journey, we're with you. We're, we're, it's never you against TMJ. It's always we're with you. All you need to do is call us. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we've seen a lot in, in the last 24 years at the TMJ center. And that first session is complimentary. It's the, the consult cure. I always, I would rather a person do that actually, uh, unless, you know, they know about us or referred or whatever. Uh, the consult cure is great because they get a feel for us and we'll understand where they're coming from. And, and quite frankly, is this the right thing you want to do? And you're it, direct. You're like, this takes a commitment. It's a, it's gotta, you've got to commit because... You don't. If you ask me to help you and and get rid of what's bothering you, why would you not do what I'm trying to tell you to do? Because that kind of ties me up. If if you're going to tie me up, then I'd rather you not come. And I, I say that in a nice way, but it's the truth. Do you think you think some of that is built in because it is more of a quick fix thing? Oh, I've well, got we're, we're, I've we're, got a I've got a, a this or that here. Take this pill. Do get this neck injection. Of, get of that. Of course, that's what it is. And and people don't realize. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. I'm not going to say that. Um, muscle. Your body doesn't respond like that. Um, even a, even a child, although a child will go fairly quickly. I mean, uh, and and will clean up real quick. Uh, my son was a good example, but we had to monitor him through through years uh, but at some point when my uh, again a segue with my son um, by the time he was 10 and his baby teeth came out his permanent teeth came in straight because we intercepted him at age six and um, we optimized his posture we optimized his bite we optimized his arches the arches are what hold your teeth and we got them the right width so that the teeth would come in straight. Now, it doesn't always happen, but a lot of times it will. So braces aren't what we need at that point. We need to be able to make sure that, that the person's growing right. That's one of my passions at this point is working with kids. I just had my granddaughter at the office. I might as well use her. Um, and she's, she's a real cutie, but um, my son called me up and said, Dad, can you see Eve? And, I, and they're, they're in New York. And I said, yeah, I can see what's going on. And, she, and he said, well, she's got face pain and neck pain, and she's only 10, and she's crying. And um, we went to the neurologist, and they want to prescribe some stuff. He said, and I know, you know, from our family. And I said, you're right. I said, I said, let me t take a picture and send it. And there was a retrusion of the jaw, which means to me, uh, you know, you could, you, at this point, it looked like the, the, the jaw could be too far back. And then I asked the uh, uh, his wife, I said, why don't you put Eve against the wall and take a picture of her facing the wall? I want to see what shoulders higher. And she goes, she doesn't have a shoulder higher. I said, she has to have a shoulder higher. And so then I got the picture back with this enormous left shoulder higher and an OMG from the, <laughs> from, <laughs> from the wife saying, oh, my God, I didn't know this. Anyway, we're treating Eve uh, here, and they just left. And uh, there are no more symptoms with this stuff because the jaw's in the right place. And I put it right on the computer. I put six-year-olds on this computer. It's When we put anyone on a computer, it looks pretty sophisticated, which it is, 
but there's no pain. We're, we're only taking information from muscle. We're not putting anything into muscle. We're just de- deriving information as the muscle goes through its paces. And we know what normal muscle should look like. And that's exactly what we're doing. So now my little granddaughter has no pain. She's doing great. She's incredible gymnastics person. And they just left and it's kind of quiet now. <laughs> <laughs> you got your house back. Yeah. Now, my favorite treatment is the one where I'm in the dark room and get to take a nap. What? Wait, wait, oh, wait. the dark room. <laughs> um, yeah. In between, um, uh, we do our scans and the first set of scans prove how dysfunctional that's why I make a joke of that. Prove how dysfunctional the patient really is, or how <laughs> you really are, because because the muscle, the well, I know what to expect from normal muscle, and it certainly isn't normal. The the other thing about this, and I, I'll digress into a, quickly about this. We, when we talk about genetics, I had a lady that we're treating for TMJ, and her um, she wanted her son to come in, and her son was playing football. Uh, he's about 15, 16 years old, about two hundred and twenty pound kid. I said, why are you bringing him in? And she said, he can't stop clearing his throat. And I know something's wrong I, because she had TMJ and we were talking about TMJ being in families. So the, the guy comes in, a big, strong kid. I said, so why are you here? And he goes, <clears throat> I said, what, what, what's going on? He says, I can't stop clearing my throat. There's something caught in the throat. I know it's caught in the throat. It's the hyoid bone because the muscles are dysfunctioning. And that hyoid bone is going to be very high up against the, the mandible. And... So anyway, so I said, well, let's get him on the computer. Let's go check. And the mom knows what to look for because, you know, she was very good with this. So she's got her head over my right shoulder. And I had the, the, the kid on the computer. And I asked him to clench. And the masseters, which are the arguably the strongest, densest muscle we talked about, should go off the charts with power. He clenched. The masseters flatlined. There was no power. And the temporalis muscle is trying to overcome that. Of course, there's a whole big muscle problem because temporalis can't do what a masseter does. So, and the tongue has got a swallow problem and the hyoid and all the 20 muscles that attach the hyoid bone to the jaw and into the chest have a problem as well. So this kid's got a forward head, but he's a big, strong football player. I'll tell you what, when he's got an orthotic, which he knows because the orthotic was made and he didn't have that problem anymore. Oh, but, but my first question to him was, can you swallow a pill? And he said, no. Because he couldn't oh. swallow. 15-year-old kid couldn't yeah. swallow a pill because his hyoid bone is going crazy. So, And that's why. It was a flat line. So uh, mom said a few things. But uh, basically, we had to put his jaw in the right place and then put his teeth in the right place when all was said and done, which we did. And, and he's been fine. But the kicker about the orthotic, if I might tell you that, is it optimizes and maximizes muscle recruitment power. But it's not just in your jaw. It goes into your neck, shoulders, back, and ribs like we talked about. And my son is one of those because he was an Olympic weightlifter in college. He wouldn't weightlift without an orthotic because it made him stronger. And, and you put an orthotic in, it will make you stronger because we optimize the muscle position. Yeah. Wow, that's no, cool. No question. I mean, that's a fact. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah, and I can prove it. Again, I can prove it on the computer. Well, I'll tell you this with the orthotic. You start to feel weird without it in. Exactly. As, as long very, as you... very good perception. Exactly. People feel like hollow because oh, where's my jaw supposed to go? Um, I'm, I'm, I don't have what I need for support. And that's when you know they're wearing it all the time. And you can feel, you can actually feel like last week when, when I was in, I was talking about how I, when I've got my new one, I can almost feel 
my jaw slide a little bit into place, it's, because it's and then used, that was gone. Yeah, after it's not used to it. A few months. It takes or, a while. Yeah, yeah, it takes a little bit. And it's, so it's, I could tell that it was grown. You know, it's all it's all about. You know, I'm telling you, it's a journey, and and I, it's not a rose garden. It, you know, there are little bumps in the road, but the point is, what is your what is your perception? What do you want out of this? If you want to be cured, then then you'll you know you'll go through this, and it's and it's not painful. It's just. You just have to be. It really cons- isn't. You, you, you got to be consistent. You're already in pain, so it's <laughs> right. it, it's not more right. painful. Right. You're literally you're reducing the pain as you go through the process. Yeah. You know. So if people are having the symptoms of biting their lip, biting the inside of their cheek, jaw pain, head, neck, shoulder pain, snoring, <laughs> trouble breathing, airway, those are kind of some of the initial symptoms. Yeah, because the head comes, and it's all because the head's forward. But the head doesn't come forward unless the jaw is dysfunctioning. So you just work work backwards. And again, you could say, well, how do you know these things? Because when I have a TMJ patient in my office, one of my questions I'll ask is, do you have any children? And if they do, I'd say, why don't you bring them in? Let's take a quick look. It doesn't cost a dime. And I'll just show you what I see because obviously you don't want your kids to have the same problem. Right. So we'll take a look. And that's how we can diagnose and, and intercept a lot of times so... These kids don't have these problems anymore, so we we get the we we get to optimize the child to grow properly. That's the whole idea. That's that's it in a nutshell. So step step one is a little bit of a self analysis and seeing you have the the symptoms, and then the next step is contacting Doctor Insolara and the crew at the TMJ and Sleep Center and getting yourself that free consultation. Yeah, it would be good. And uh, again, it's not just the jaw, but if if you have clicking and popping, would that indicate TMJ? It indicates there's a problem, yes, and then we can we can check that out for you. So that is something you would you don't have to have clicking and popping to have TMJ. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I, t- I did not. Yeah, and TMJ is basically an anatomical site. It's a temporal mandibular joint, so it's an anatomical site. But the um, you know you can say TMJ or TMJ. Yeah, I'm going to stick with TMJ because yeah. I'll just mess that up. Yeah, no, just a, <laughs> yeah. So those are common things. In the next episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about the next step of the journey, which is now you've come in for your complimentary consultation. We figured out that there's uh, there's issues that need to be addressed. And the next step is? The next step is, well, we do after an exam, okay, um, is we show you exactly. Now, now, we're, now we're dealing with, we're not just dealing with opinion, we're dealing with fact. So now from the facts we deal from the exam, we will propose a treatment plan. And from that treatment plan, um, and it's all written out, codes, everything you need, it's all written out so that you see exactly what's going on. And uh, and basically, if we follow a scenario, which shouldn't, which shouldn't change unless... I don't know. It shouldn't change, and 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 it works very well. But everybody's a little different. We can tailor it to the different people, and particularly when you get teenagers that come in, uh, they can't open their mouths and have problems with their headaches and neck pain and stuff like that. So it's all tailored, and and um, that's what we've been doing for you know. So the exam and creating forever. the treatment are the next couple of steps in the journey, and we're going to cover those in right. the next episode of the podcast. And are you up for it? And that is the big thing. Yeah. Dr. Insular, thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Coming up on the next episode of Treating TMJ, a journey to a pain-free life. Everything has to compensate for the fact that there's an unstable bite position. 
we were talking about the Cure Consult consultation, and that gives them an idea if this is something they want to follow through with. And if they do, then the next step would be a new patient exam. I like to make perfectly clear to the patient what they're looking at, so they don't have, you know, they, they can understand what I'm looking at. I just think the more questions you ask and the more you observe and understand what we do and the more I talk, the better we look because we're not hiding a thing. It's all out in the open as to what, what's going on. It's a process. It's a disease. It's a journey.